Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Viking Hot Takes. Welcome to week five. The Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. Two teams, two wins in the dreadful NFC North. No one's going to be watching this game but us. And if our Vikings lose, we'll either laugh or cry. So buckle up and let's go. Eric, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. Just still waiting for the offense to wake back up after that, that first drive. The good thing was after last on Sunday, you know, scoring a touchdown on the opening drive and then getting nothing. Uh, you know, we were already used to that from the NFC Championship game wow. in 2017. So we're, you know, it's 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 a familiar feeling. And we got, you know, the one win between these two teams, the the cellar dwellers of the NFC North. Someone's got to win. Uh, <laughs> really, so hoping it's the Vikings because uh, uh, the the Vikings Twitter is not going to be a a safe space if the if the opposite happens. But we're going to talk about that and plenty more. Uh, it's great to see everyone in the chat uh, following along today and. Uh, Leaving their comments, uh, it is. I it's. I'm tentatively excited. It's. It's hopefully the time for the Vikings to start getting back on the right track. That's right. So uh, I don't know if I can say anything more. Let's just fire it up. We got the commenters going. Jablonski saying dumpster fire of a bottom basement game. What's up, JC, Mary, Quang? Great to see y'all joining us for halftime during Thursday night football. Let's get to it. Start it up, Dave. Didn't I already say start up? Where's Dave? You did, but you were talking, so I was letting you talk. <laughs> All right, oh, here we oh, go. Oh, Let's get you. the clock. Going. All right. <laughs> Fire everyone. Let's just start <laughs> one at a time, Eric. Clint Kubiak. Let's grade his first four games. Okay. Well, you figure... It's 75%, you know, like three out of four. I'll round up. I'll give him a B. I'll give him like a okay. solid B, B minus. You know, I'll give him that. Uh-huh. Like, I, you know, the first three games were good. The offense put up some really nice numbers uh, through the first three weeks. And I don't think that the offense is the main culprit for the one and three start for the Vikings. I think overall they've, they've moved the ball up and down pretty well. Uh, the opening game scripts, I think, have been really good. They've, they've gotten off to nice starts in, in most of the games, even including the Cleveland game, even though nothing basically happened after that. But, I mean, last week was still last week. They, they, they still mightily struggled. They, they showed that they haven't been able to make great adjustments at halftime. As a matter of fact, I don't, they haven't scored an offensive touchdown in the last three second halves. Not since the Bengals game have they scored a mm-hmm. touchdown in the, in the in the second half. So that's, that's a problem. I, I think um, it's for, especially for being a new coordinator. I mean, technically new he, he's been in the system. He, he's, you know, running a lot of the things that his dad ran the year before. I think he's been okay. I, I, I don't think he's been lights out by any means, but I don't think it's, uh, I don't think you can really point at Kubiak, at least personally. I don't, it, you're always going to have people that, that, complain about the play calling when it doesn't work. That's absolutely fair because that the play calling did not work last week. But I think overall, if you look at that first, you know, we can't really call it a quarter of the season anymore because there's 17 games, but near quarter of a season, I think it's been a, a pretty solid start, if not spectacular. Yeah, you know, I get that. That's where a lot of people 
are headed. A lot of Vikings fans are down on Clint Kubiak right now. The Vikings are 17th in points, 22nd in points per drive, 14th in DVOA. They were top 10 offense. They were ninth in DVOA and in scoring before the Cleveland game. And it's his first time ever calling plays. So I think Clint Kubiak is actually one of the underrated successes of the first four games of the year. I like his scheme. I like the pre-stop motion. I like the 11 personnel. I like the running back screens. There's there's a lot to like here. And there's only so much you can do with poor execution. You know, we're forgetting about the Justin Jefferson drops. We're forgetting about the second half of the Cardinals game where D.D. Westbrook is making bad decisions and we have to we have to take the ball at our own two-yard line or the just the offensive line flat out being bad like they were against Cleveland. So I think Clint has been good, especially games two and three, like Mr. Ortega is saying. But overall, the play calling is there. And I don't think any offensive coordinator can overcome some of the deficiencies we have on the offensive line. So I'm going to give him an A-. minus. You can hate me for that, but you know what? I'll hear it in the comments. I'm sure I will. Yeah, and, and that's you're getting a, a good point. They are, once again, ranked 32nd in average starting position. They're starting yeah. on the 23.1-yard line to start. That means right. they have to go 77 yards on average for a touchdown. So that's, I mean, that's the, the Seahawks game. They had six, they had eight drives. The last one was a throwaway punt. Six of them were drives of 50, scoring drives of 50 yards or more. Obviously, they got to cash a couple of those in. Uh, you don't want to uh, trade threes for sevens, especially in, uh, with some of the teams that the Vikings are going up against in the next handful of weeks. But yeah, I, th- I think overall, you can't be too upset with the, with the overall product on the offense. I know so, people are going to disagree with me. That's why it's Viking hot takes. Let's go to the exactly. next question. Yep. So uh, we're <laughs> going to still stick on the offense a little bit. So now we're, we're, we're going away from the, the season as a whole and looking at just last week as as to what happened to that offense. Because I think if the Vikings, if the performance is better, I think the overall opinion of Kubiak would be better. But it wasn't. So um, do you think the Vikings got exposed last week or are the Browns just simply a bad matchup? Yeah, so I think the key word in this question is exposed. Like, they did get exposed, but I'm not sure that every defense is going to be able to do what the Browns did. I mean, Cleveland is a top 10 defense going into Sunday. And so they're a bad matchup for most teams. Clearly a terrible matchup for us. I mean, it's Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, maybe the best defensive end duo in the league going up against the worst, uh, the worst left tackle in the NFL and Tyler Conklin, who just was not prepared to to for for to even block or do anything just even smell miles garrett it just none of that was working out and when that starts going bad early what does our quarterback do we know kirk cousins when there's early pressure he starts seeing ghosts and it's one of the main issues with kirk cousins this isn't all about kirk but yes it's uh it's just a bad matchup against the Browns and on, on offense as well. You know, they were a top three rushing offense and it's not like this is the first game that the Vikings had a bad rush defense. We've always struggled in that area, especially 
when Michael Pierce goes out of the game. Eric, last week, I told you about Nick Chubb. I told you about Kareem Hunt, that amazing offensive line. It it was for real. So I do think that the Vikings offense will bounce back, um, definitely. And I think the defense will probably have an easier time as well when they're not playing an offense that's built to do exactly what the Vikings defense can can't stop. Yeah. And I I think it was a little bit of both last week. And it's I mean, Stefanski knows this team's strengths and he definitely knows this team's weaknesses. And I think that the the Vikings offensive line, you know, it was a feel good story after the first three. Um, mm-hmm. It was like, you know, like, oh, hey, we got an offensive line. Ole Udo's that guy at right guard. And I think he's going to be fine overall at right guard. But he allowed eight total pressures by himself. And Rashad Hill basically was getting run over by Miles Garrett. I mean, it looked like Miles Garrett had his own. He was starring in his own John Wick sequel. I mean, he was literally just throwing guys left yeah. and right. I, I think he saw I, he, he, he killed someone with a book or something like that in one play. I mean, it was really it was it was just like the, the their plans got blown up. And I think that's a little bit they got exposed that the shortcomings that we've come to know and loathe over the last couple of years with Kirk Cousins in this offensive line, mm-hmm. they can still be, they, they can still be out there. I mean, if you get pressure, consistent early pressure on Kirk Cousins, it short circuits this entire offense. It really does. It, it, right. it basically, it, it shuts it down. Like that was, that was it. You can kind of tell, and you're right. And I'm, I'm not putting a lot of this loss on Cousins by any means, but like it, you could tell he was getting, he would be uncomfortable even when he wasn't being pressured, which was most of the time. It was literally the majority of his dropbacks. He was getting pressure, but even when he wasn't, he was getting those happy feet. He was kind of, he was darting through his progressions, maybe even a little too fast. He's usually good at um, taking the, the, the right amount of time. He missed a couple throws as well. So it's, it's, it was just, it, it showed that the Vikings still have a lot of work to do against better teams. And that's kind of been the wrap on this team. It's like they're, they can beat the bad teams, but they, they can't beat the team. And I think the Browns are a really good team. That's right. We both picked the Browns, I think last week. Right. Yeah. We and, did. Not, and it wasn't, and it was more about the Browns than it was the Vikings. And I still think that overall, that is what it is. Like that's the, the, yes. the Browns, the Browns are a very good team. The Vikings aren't a very good team yet. Can they improve? Yes, but they—they—they they, they, it showed that they still have a lot of work to do if they're going to be uh, competing for a postseason berth. Yeah, and, and real quick, I mean, the defensive scheme that the Browns drew up was specifically to attack Rashad Hill. Like the blitzes, yep. the twists, the stunts was all directed at Rashad Hill. I'm going to give Garrett Bradbury a little bit of you know a, a demerit here as well because he was making the line calls and he couldn't do the line calls. Clint Kubiak did everything he could in that game. He did max protect. It didn't work. He shortened the routes. That didn't work. He went into shotgun. That didn't work. So at some point, you just got to be like, wow, this team was built to beat us. And that's what the Browns did. Let's get to the next question. All right. What do you got for me? It's a quarter season review question. Dave, Dave, we got to go back. It's yeah, a quarter quarter season review question. Who is the Vikings rookie of the quarter year? I mean, this is a trick question, right? Like they're I mean, they're they're none of the above, literally. The Vikings have more draft picks, eleven, than they have total snaps played on offense or defense, nine through four games. I mean, there there's no there's literally nothing to choose from. There's no one there. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you had to, like, I mean, yeah, sure, special teams, maybe like Bynum's been it, yeah, like that's no. a great graphic. Tip. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing there. There's special teams. I guess you got to do with Bynum by default because he's actually playing the most. I mean, Smith Marset might be okay, but he's been banged up. 
it, I mean, I don't know what uh, Robinson has to do to get on the field. It's not like uh, DJ Wonham has been <laughs> lighting up the, the the field by any stretch of the imagination. So I guess if I had to pick one, the most, you know, the rookie of the, the year so far is Christian Derrissaw. Because just the potential of Derrissaw coming in has, you know, that that's the most exciting thing about the rookie class so far is because Rashad Hill's been such such a just a over overmatch. He he has shown why he has been a career backup swing tackle and not a starting left tackle. So um, yes, my answer is none, and I think that's kind of what you're getting at with the question, correct? Yeah, I think that's what I'm getting at. I really don't have anything to add there. I just wanted that sound bite. To be honest, because it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, well, mission mission accomplished. I, I, I was it was a fun little rant. I, I, I yeah, every like, and I do the the Q and A. You know, the the five good questions on Daily Norseman every week, and mm-hmm. I've been asked that I think four weeks in a row. Like, hey, what? So how's the rookie class? Like, when are we going to see him? And we're we're probably not going to see Darisol this weekend. <laughs> so let's just keep on hey, waiting, I, Eric. I, Hey, we're going to see Derisab blocking for those extra points. It's going to look great. <laughs> Real right. good. Uh, okay. okay, here's another quarter season question with hopefully a little more applicable answer. Uh, who are your offensive and defensive MB- MVPs through four games? Okay, offense. It's not Kirk Cousins. It's Justin Jefferson. And I say this with a little bit of a heavy heart because JJ, you know, he's operating a little little bit below my expectations. I mean, you were just calling out his drops like five minutes I ago. I don't like the drops. I don't okay. like the drops. Some regression is fine. Too bad. And yeah. they aren't targeting him, targeting him that much, but that's not his fault. I think at the end of the day, Jefferson has been more consistent than anyone else on the offense. He has... 18 first downs. He's on pace for 110 catches, 1,400 yards, and 13 touchdowns. And, you know, 85 yards a game is still pretty good. So I'm giving it to Justin Jefferson. Who you got? Yeah, I think he was probably overall. Thielen's been right there, too. He's been actually, you know, he's been getting the the touchdowns and everything. Cook's been banged up. You know what? Screw it. I'll say it. Kirk Cousins. Why not? He's been probably like, I mean, he's again, I, you know, that I am pretty middle of the road. I'm not on either extreme of Cousins. Like I I can appreciate his performances when he does good. And I will definitely call out his performances when he does poorly. I think he's been okay. Like again, he, I think last week proved that he is, you can absolutely just shut down the offense. If you're getting consistent pressure, especially up the middle, like Garrett was a lot Well, you are just, running over Hill. He, he made, he made the edge of the middle very quickly. I think overall he's played really well and he's proven like, yeah, if things go on schedule, if things go on schedule and he has a clean pocket, he's right up there with any other quarterback. He can make all the throws. He can make, go through all the progressions, but that's, I think, you know, it's, I don't feel great about saying it. I think Jefferson is the, the most important player. I think he's the best player on the offense, but I think, like you said, it hasn't been quite up to how he finished last season. Obviously, it's been been better than the first four weeks of last season because he was he didn't play the first two weeks last year. But uh, I'll I'll reluctantly give it to Cousins. So the so who do you got the short the short passes are really okay. starting to get to me. Like, and I know Kirk has a strong you know passer rating QBR score. He's taking the ball care of the ball great, but when the going gets tough. Kirk does not elevate like anybody. He, he, the pressure comes. He doesn't find a way to beat it. He just succumbs to it. 
Um, and and I just I can't I can't get over that right now. And at this moment in time, I cannot give him credit, even though he is playing well. I, I will say on the defensive side of the ball, it's pretty easy for me. It's Daniel Hunter. He's on pace for like twenty two sacks this year. And he had a he had a slow first game, you know, back from injury. But after that, he's been amazing. So Daniel Hunter on defense. Yeah, I can't go against you there. I mean, it's almost by default. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the the way the rest of the defense has played so far, it's. I mean, Kendrick Bobby and Smith Boucher. are still good. Yeah, Bobby Boucher. I saw the comments. I love it. We need one. That'd be great at linebacker. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, uh, Kendrick and Smith have been good. But not like either of them are having a career year. I thought Kendrick's did not have that great of a game last week, especially he had right. looked a little lost. And, but, uh, and Pearson Tomlinson have been pretty good in the middle. Um, I, th- I think Tomlinson actually is, the, is, isn't he the highest rated player of the last couple of weeks for, for, at least for PFF grade, but yeah, it's definitely got to be Hunter. He's been the one thing week in and week out that mm-hmm. you can depend on this defense because there really has not been much else to depend on. Yeah. Agreed. Next question. Let's go. Next four games, Eric, how many will the Vikings win? They're playing the Lions, the Panthers, the Cowboys, and the Ravens. Yep. And the, the two home games are the Detroit and Dallas. And the Dallas is the Sunday yes. night game. You know, of course, you yep. got to throw in that Gary primetime. Prime time. Uh, Prime. Yep. And then at Carolina and at Baltimore. I mean, going three and three into the bye week before that Dallas game would be absolutely gigantic. And I think it's very possible. I mean, the, this week, it kind of goes without saying they, they better win this game against Detroit if they want to be taken seriously. Um, and Carolina, they're, they're definitely not the layup that we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. We thought it was going to be Christian McCaffrey and a whole bunch of scrubs. Turns out they're pretty darn good, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. They picked up a corner. Thank goodness isn't going to be uh, eligible to play yet. Stephon Gilmore, he's still going to be on the pup list on week six, but he's going to be at an, another important part. And it sounds like McCaffrey, they're talking about him maybe even back this week. So it sounds like he'll be back in the mix next week. Um, and again, Dallas, they look like they're really rounding into form. Uh, they, they, uh, you know, but it's still at home and it's still against Mike McCarthy. So there's still a hope there. The the toughest matchup, at least for the Vikings, it looks like at Baltimore, that, that the last of those four, just because it's a run heavy, you know, you thought the Browns were run heavy. That's literally all the, the, the Ravens will do. Right. They'll, 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 right. you know, they, 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 they have Lamar Jackson, they have it. You know, they're the eighth and ninth string running backs, I think, but that doesn't really matter. They're still going to run the ball. That's going to be a, a tough one. But my my heart says three. I think that they can. I think they can get back to four hundred. Wow. Freudian slip. Five hundred at four and four going into that midpoint of the season. My, that's my heart, though. I'm my head <laughs> says two at best. At two, two at the best. best, I really. I man, that's a tough stretch. Well, and the and the bad thing is, it's not like the stretch gets any better after that Ravens game. It goes. It, I no. think it's the it's at the Chargers, Chargers, home against the Packers, and then at the 49ers. Yeah, that I, is a for I the mean, next basically for the everything next between everything between the two Lions games is a tough game. That's right. The bottom line. So I really hope they can get back to. I mean, going in at how they've started, if they can get to the second you know, get to that midpoint at four and four, that would be amazing. I think three and five is probably a lot more feasible. And, oh gosh, if it's two and six, that's that's going to be really rough. But I'll, again, heart says three, head, head says two. What do you got? Three and five isn't good. So I, know. I, I think it's the right answer is one and a half. It really comes that's where, down. That's where to, you're putting the over under on. You're saying one or two. That's gonna. That's the. Yeah. It. I mean. Okay. Can the Vikings beat the Panthers? 
I they should lose to the Cowboys and Ravens. Nothing I've seen about this team makes me think they can stop Dak Prescott or CeeDee Lamb or Lamar Jackson or the Ravens run game. So those two are easy for me. We should beat the Detroit Lions. And so how do we feel about the Panthers? They kind of feel a lot more punchy and upstart than um, than we do right now. So let's just hope for three and five, which is not good. <sighs> Oh boy, this is going to be a long season, is it? We're just we're like the hot we're takes gonna mix it up on the show. Keep yeah. on coming yeah, back. This, yeah, this show in a month is just going to be me and Flip going oh, like that <laughs> for twenty minutes. <laughs> but for now, again, I got to try to remain slightly positive. But uh, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be all right. We got just over a minute left. Mm-hmm. With this pretty simple question here for mine: Will a win over the Lions change your opinion of this team going forward? No. No, yep, the that's, that's, the only okay. way to change my opinion about this team is to beat good teams. So if they're not playing a good team, my feet are up. And, you know, every game does not matter. With After eight years with Mike, Mike wow. Zimmer, every game does not matter. I've seen him win hundreds of these easy-ass games. So I'm not going to learn anything new on Sunday. I, it, you know well, what? If if you tell well, me that you weren't going to watch this game, okay. Honestly, watch this show. Well, you don't have to watch the game. I'll forgive you. That you're right. A win doesn't move the needle for me at all. Like that, it's it's they're supposed to win. They're favored by over a touchdown. The Lions yeah. are rebuilding and really beat up. Three of their starting five offensive linemen will be gone. They lose on Sunday. I am jumping it with both feet on that fire everyone bandwagon because that, that you can't start one and four, not against this team with this head coach still learning how and putting it. Get, you can't lose a Jared Goff they, at home. They started one it. and four no. last year. I know. And that's, that's, they, yeah, I can't do it back to back years. Absolutely not. Okay. We, they, they, they have to take care of business. We'll talk. Then we'll, then we'll see if they can win the game, Mike Zimmer. Yes, Eric. You play what's your score prediction. I'll go thirty-one to twenty Vikings. They're going to beat the spread too. That this is going to be a relatively comfortable win. It has to be. It better be. I, I just need. I need. Yeah. What do you got? I'm going to. You know, I was looking on the score predictions, and I've been pretty pessimistic. Well, I, I only really blew one game. And that was the Seattle game, and that was an emotional hedge because I was there in person. <laughs> yeah. You know. I'll go uh I'll go with a 10 point win. I'll go 27-17. Skull Vikes. Thank y'all for tuning in. I hope you liked another edition of Viking Hot Takes. Deep breath before this Lions game. They should win. And that in itself is terrifying. <laughs> Thanks everyone in the chat. It was outstanding work by everyone. It was it was probably I think the most lively one of the season. So uh, if they do lose, I think we'll have we'll have an even better chat next week. So that's the only silver lining I can think of. Thank you so yes. much for everyone. Skull Vikes, go Dodgers! Oh man! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. I like. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite. The first order of this game is going to go around.